Hello, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast, The Journey is the Destination. It's amazing that you came back for the second part of the story as it is a treat, nothing less. We're going to be talking mainly Maori, Maori culture, Maori language, Maori legends, and, and everything that goes with it. I believe this conversation is as insightful as it gets into everything pertaining Maori as Mako is an incredible source of knowledge and experience with everything that goes with the Maori culture and language, but mostly from his experience, the arts. So we will be weaving the Maori stories just like they weave the baskets and, and the end product is purely amazing. I think I have nothing more to add. It's going to be a beautiful cultural experience. So let's get straight into it. I mean, I was going to tell you, like, we're coming from very far in regards to New Zealand for us is just the place at the end of the world. We hear about uh, Maori people for maybe a couple of sentences in nine years of schooling or 14 years. Like, you you know, you know Maori exists in that top. Yeah. And I know I had in my head always that um, they are one of the best, the best assimilated native populations. So, okay, yeah, at least um, in theory, you know that they have some culture still alive uh, that is still part of the society. Then coming here, you see how it's in practice, how it's in theory, a bit, mm. <laughs> a bit of a discrepancy there. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're all colonized as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. We'll go to a bit of a still stay on this motor trip, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you consider yourself Maori in any way? I mean, yes, yeah. one quarter of your kind of descending from there, but... Um, but your life work is Maori. Yeah, exactly. So, so would you yeah, identify well, yourself with this? Well, I'm a funny one with labels. Yeah, know? exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, like, to be honest, like, yeah, I have Maori knowledge and I have learned many Maori things, but I'm also lots of other things, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not just Maori genes, you know. So, yeah, but that's also the same for all of us. Like, what mm-hmm. is contemporary Māori now are mixed, you know. We're all mixed yeah, up people, yeah, mixed yeah. up cultures. You know, we've been assimilated, we've assimilated and adopted other people's culture and food and clothing and all yeah, these yeah. types of things, you know. You know, Māoris don't run around in grass skirts in the yeah. bush anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. not like that. You know, you've got, you know, snapbacks and yeah, yeah. Nikes on. So yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> We're deeply globalized, everyone. Like yeah, it's yeah. just one... Global soup. Yeah, yeah, one <laughs> tone with some, uh, <laughs> some little, you know... Getting more every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, but anyway, so, yeah, how do you, how do you see Maori culture? How, how alive is it? How is it theoretically? How is it in practice? Um, I don't know, just maybe for anyone who hears... Or if I were to hear these stories five years ago, how would you give me an introduction to the state of Maori language or just how you see it? Well, just a bit from your eyes because you're very much more deeply inside of it than us. Yeah, I guess being so in, being inside of it so much, to me, it appears strong. Mm. Um, because, you know, I've been in like, I don't know, like 30s, something different whare around the country like mm. carved houses and being sat through like countless porphyries so when you're just surrounded and you see the language and the art so mm-hmm. much you know just like yeah 
and it is it is quite strong in this country and just getting stronger every day like Māori really adaptive and adaptive of new technologies and processes and now mm. so you know um, and business so there's heaps of you know you know you even got Māori lawyers businessmen everything so I mean there's lots of um, trials too when it comes to Māori culture tikanga and then uh, Pākehā culture and like how the governments work so there is not a lot of understanding when it comes to the government trying to understand Māori culture. Mm. There's a lot of Māoris like trying to understand the government and how it works and trying to like be a part of it, but at the same time, like it's always worked against Māori mm. culture. Mm. It's just been deceptive and from the start, you know, from you know in the first like five minutes of Pākehā meeting Māori, they shot. Yeah, yeah. Someone, you know, it's just like straight out violence from the get go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do you, where do you go from there, eh? It's yeah. like, you know, and then, yeah. And like, yeah, this country's racist as, so, like, taken over by, like, um, white farmers, basically, like, yeah. just mass migration of, of farmers here, just took all the land and, um, you know, the language and all the culture mm. heavily suppressed and was made illegal for like a hundred years. So Really? Yeah. It was illegal? Yeah, yeah. So in you 1908, care. the Tohunga Suppression Act uh, suppressed Tohunga from doing any kind of practices and they're the ones that hold the knowledge and the whakapapa and mm. teach the wānanga and stuff like that. So it was illegal to do that. Yeah. That is the most bizarre to me. I mean, I know they did this to a lot of cultures, but to not allow to pray in your own yeah, not allowed to like speak. Language. Mm. There's whole generations that were mm. beaten for speaking. Mm. You know? God. Thank God that the language is still here. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Mm. There's only like a small percentage of Māori that, that can speak, but it's something mm. like yeah. 10%. Or something. I, ju- I just googled before um, something about uh, Māori, like the language, and was, yeah, I think until 87 that it became the official language, and nowadays it's more like 50,000 people who are proficient. Mm. So against uh, what 4.5 or how many people live here? Yeah, mm. almost Kiwis, five million. Almost five million. Four, five. In the whole country, yeah. 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 So against 50,000, yeah, it's mm. not mm. a lot. Although it's beautiful to see it being taught mm. um, to more and more people every day. I see like uh, people gathering in libraries. Mm. <laughs> there is like this old lady sitting around and speaking. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been a huge beautiful. shift, especially in the last like. 10 years like people wanting to um, you know, learn the language and mm. learn the arts and, and stuff like that and now you go through Auckland and like you know the civil contractors have been using Māori artists and you've got Māori mm. design work through all the yeah. motorways and all Amazing. that kind of stuff so mm. you know it's kind of like turning into a Māori city when you start putting Māori patterns everywhere it's great yeah yeah it's yeah, I completely understand why people want to learn the language, because even I got super fascinated by it, especially, mm-hmm. you say that the culture is very strong, and I can sense that the culture is strong in the language and in the way they, in their rituals, and, well, everything that I saw had this really strong sense of power, mm. like warrior power, you know, mm. so, and also language itself, for me, sounds very spiritual, very, like, sacred language, kind mm. of, it holds mm. so much inside. So I'm also fascinated by it completely. It's a great, great, great thing that people are learning it again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But also, I, whenever 
I or we are learning new concepts, it's never a translation, you know? Like, mm. even when I was, I was trying to <laughs> before say something, you're like, yeah, roughly. Everything is roughly, because there is no English word for mana, or there is mm. no English word for tane. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, yes, it is this, but it's also so much more, you know? Yeah. It is a man, but it's also a forest. So, yeah. like, yeah, it is a power, but it's also taking care of and supporting. And, you know, so it's... Every concept is so broad, so powerful. Each word carries so much more than English, you know, which is one word, one concept, super deep. This one is uh, filled with meaning. Oh, yeah. It's like jam-packed. No, it's true. Mm. Yeah. 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 And like Māori words are usually made up of other words. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you can actually break down the words mm-hmm. and then acquire more meaning from... Mm-hmm. I like the, the names of the cities. Yeah, like the names of the cities. Yeah. What does Waiheke mean? Why uh, I know it's water? Yeah. Hiki is like a like a journey or a, um, yeah mm. winding. I think in this case it's like a turbulent winding rivers or something like that. I mean, mm. but yeah, why water hiki is like a journey or nice. Mm. Mm, I love it. Uh, do you feel like that as well? Whenever you start speaking, it's just another your warrior comes out like just this. Uh, very grounding and uh, yeah. powerful side of your personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like what what the haka, what different haka, mm-hmm. kind of. That's its intention. Eh? It's used to prepare people for for battle. So it's used to energize the body, to stimulate the adrenals, to mm. get everything pumping, yeah. to get everyone in sync mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's really important. People working together, especially when it comes to to war it's definitely like you said very warrior very you know all the you know this yeah. all this kind of stuff all the strength all yeah yeah it's all about strength and yeah. like actually like the slapping is actually this is for stimulating the adrenals so mm. it all has some kind of purpose too you know yeah yeah, um, yeah deeply spiritual like a, a lot of it is about you know drawing energy from the universe you know mm. into yourself and yeah. into the world around you as well you know yeah, just for everyone who doesn't know, Hakka is a warrior dance. It's like a dance you do before battle. I don't know if you call it even a dance. For me, it looks like a dance with ha, some sounds. Ka. So Ha is like the breath. Mm-hmm. Ka is to ignite mm. or like bright and intense. So it's to, you know, because it's like breathing exercises as well, mm. like pranayama. Mm-hmm. So that kind of same thing is to ignite and to mm. get you fired up. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so many things is happening in Hakka, like yeah. movement yeah, yeah. and sounds and breathing and, yeah. and the words and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but how was it for you, basically? You mentioned a little bit from that, so going from world of uh, yoga to, yeah. to this. <laughs> did you find any similarity or anything? Because, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, um, it's a spiritual language, mm. like both of them speak about some basic truths, probably. But were you able to connect or you had to forget a lot of this or just uh, really transform <laughs> your ideas into a different set of ideologies or just ideas about the world? It was more like, funnily enough, like learning <coughs> yoga beforehand and learning like the, the history. Like I did like a, um, a yoga diploma at Well Park. So it's not like just going to a yoga class, like you actually learn... Um, you do classes in um, history, physical, um, or Western anatomy and physiology, mm-hmm. um, yogic anatomy and physiology, Ayurvedic lifestyle management, 
Yeah. Um, so you learn like everything from spices to um, like um, Vedic architecture, mm. all these different elements of the culture, as well as like um, Ashtanga, eight limbs, Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dandiyana, all this kind of stuff. And you go into Maori culture and there's heaps of crossover. Like there's so much crossover, I swear that because um, yoga has got like 10,000 years of history that at mm. some point people, you know, teachers have come down through through Asia, you know, mm. and then it's turned into Buddhism and all that. Mm-hmm. And then 2,000 years ago, they left there and came through the Pacific, mm-hmm. came down to here. And I'm pretty sure they brought some of that knowledge. So it's actually, yeah, yeah I reckon. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon they are deeply connected like through these connections through the language and through the spiritual teachings um, and through the different um, understandings of spiritual realms and stuff all real similar and even like like when I started learning yoga and you know ahimsa peace and you know that was the practice like you know <laughs> developing tranquility and things like that <laughs> um, but then like later on I learnt more um, like older culture stuff too and so like Shiva he was a war god yeah. um, mm. I didn't realise that at first but he was actually like so one of his things was martial arts so it's actually all a part of it mm. you know mm. it's interesting that war is so deep in all of our cultures like we all have war gods and mm. for me now I ask myself why but I guess it's a very natural thing yeah yeah I've had to think about it a lot you know Mm. You know, studying yoga, you're thinking about war and its purpose. Um, and Did like you find anything? <laughs> yeah, well, no. You know, coming from Maori culture, warlike, Scottish, English, fighting each other for a thousand years, mm. Yugoslavia, well, obviously war. <laughs> so it's like just my whole history is war and you know, everything that's brought everything to me on this point in this land. It's because of war and because of mm. people coming here as refugees or mm-hmm. whatever, mm. or like escaping, you know, war in the mm. islands or, mm-hmm. you know, or like my Scottish side, like my Boyd family. We've got a thousand years of history of fighting yeah. the English, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. So, and then my English ancestors were literally engineers that developed weapons and stuff mm. like that. So, mm. it's like quite a big part of you know, who I am now even, so, um, yeah, hard to escape really, mm. and the more I've learned about myself and that, the kind of more I've realised that, you know. Mm. So mm. your work is now to embrace it, suppress it, transform it? No, oh, it's just a different part of ourselves, eh? Mm. Our warrior aspect, you mm. know. Um, training in martial arts has actually been the spiritual path, so mm-hmm. it yeah. is a part of it. It is, true. just to channel this. Mm, yeah mm. you know and like actually uh, being peaceful really helps you know so it actually they work together yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and think about it if really good people really peaceful people are also you know well trained and able mm. to protect yeah. you yes. know that knowledge and protect their families and stuff it's kind of it has a purpose um, yeah yeah but to go back to Maori culture or even more, more beliefs I'm really 
curious, how would you tell someone like what do Maori, what do you as a Maori or Maori people believe in? What is their faith? Mm. Knowledge even. Or knowledge, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well that's that's a tricky one. Colonization has changed that, you know. Mm-hmm. Ah. The, 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 the the faiths and the beliefs have been quite varied since the English got here. Mm. Uh, introducing Christianity, you know, back in the day there's different faiths and different Maori prophets that are part of history as well mm. that have like started whole new faiths based on Christianity and based on a merge of like the old culture mm. and stuff. Mm. So um yeah. Yeah, so it's you know, you've it's got mixed. yeah, it's real mixed now. You've got um mm. yeah lots of uh, Christianity. There are big lots of Rastafarian churches in New Zealand as well. Really? In, in Rastafarian the, churches? Yep, yeah, in the eighties and that heaps of Rastas in in Maori communities. You've got the Ratana church, you've got different prophets um, mm, yeah and like then you've got the old stories the old culture like pre-colonial which is um how would you call it dualistic yet monotheistic i guess so they have like a uh, <clears throat> i guess in a mihi like if i was to give a mihi to the ato just like an introduction, it'd be like, Namhe ki te iwa mato te kori te timatanga na mia katoa. So, giving thanks to Iwa, who is the parent and the beginning of all things. Mm. And ki te rangi nui e tu ifunei, who's like to the Sky Father, ki te papatu nuku utako tenei, which is to the Earth Mother. So, um, you have Iwa, which is like the source of all things, te kori, which is like the void like you know the the blackness from which mm. all things mm-hmm. come and then it's through the separation of the male and the female element you know so from one to two so so you got so basically non-dualism is this belief in one entity or you know thing mm. like god or brahman or whatever and then you've got you know it splits into two male and female and then from that into all the different atua, different gods. So in Māori creation story, Rangi and Papa were embraced and then their children, the gods, were trapped in between them and they wanted mm. to move and they wanted to get out. And they were like, we need to separate our parents. And so they pushed and pushed and pushed and they couldn't do it and none of the gods could do it. You've got Tangoro, Tane Mahuta, Tafiri Mātea, and two Matauinga. These are all the big brothers of the Atu. And so, in the end, it was Tane Mahuta who laid down against his mother and then put his feet up and he separated heaven and earth. And then that allowed um, light to come into the space between mm-hmm. and lit up the world. And mm-hmm. so now you've got um, the realm of um, Tane Mahuta, which is the forests, the trees, and um, all the creatures that live in it. And you've got Tangoro, which is the ocean. So Tangoro is the god of the ocean, and all the fish and all the creatures that live in the ocean. Tafiri Matia is the weather. So not mm. the sky, but the, the clouds and the rain and the lightning and the storms and all these things. So that's Tafiri Matia. Mm. Um, and then Tumatoinga is like the god of war and people. Um, so like when tribes would go to war, it would be too much towing that they call on for, for mana, for power to 
to go and to go to war. If they were going to sail a waka across the ocean, then they would call on Tangaro to, to guide them. Or if they were to go fishing, they'd be like giving mm. thanks to Tangaro. Um, um, and if you're going to carve, cut down a tree in the forest, then you would mahi and you would give thanks to Tane Mahuta, the god of the forest. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, they had like a whole different. Um, plethora of different atu, different gods, mm. which were different elements, and, yeah, and then the different interactions between these gods created other gods and other elements, mm. and is used to explain the creation of all birds and all life and mm. people. All birds, of course, birds. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> birds. So you see, birds are above humans in, in mm-hmm. Papa. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're like their little, mm. little kids compared crawling to crawling creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, all animals like I forget where humans come in the whakapapa, but we're, you know, we're much later on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the same in, you know, even in modern day science, you know, humans have only been around for yeah. so long, but other creatures have been around for a long time. Mm. True. Yeah. I always found that, for me, it looks like Maori culture is very connected to Maori re- religion, so it's interesting to hear that you say that there are some Maori that are actually Christian or... Mm. Rastafari, Rastafarian or whatever mm. but it reminded me that one day I was googling Karakias and I found like, you know they were, they were Karakias for the Lord for yeah, the, exactly. like, for the yeah. Jesus for, I was yeah. so shocked I, didn't, Serving, I, mean, yeah. so, I couldn't <laughs> find Maori Karakia how is that so like all yeah. of them has the Lord or Jesus inside so weird yeah 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 so colonization has played a big part to play in that yeah mm. yeah so when they first turned up, there was in the Tohunga who had like the knowledge of the gods, and then you, know, you got the priests and that. And when they compared stories, they thought they were so similar. Mm. So the Tohunga just recommended that their people just join their faith. Yeah. So mm. they kind of like, yeah, and because they saw them as being superior when they turned up, you know, because you know, like we just using wood and using stone tools and then they turn up with steel and these huge waka and yeah. sticks that kill people from a distance they thought it was amazing <laughs> so yeah. um yeah they had just adopted so much of the western culture when it came mm-hmm. here yeah including the religions you know yeah and it was also forced upon them in some cases of course. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. forbidden for a hundred years to yeah. speak Maori and exactly. to yeah. have and that's this Mm. Missionaries were like, no, your carvings, they're devils, you know. Mm. Oh, cutting your skin and doing tattoos, devils were yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, mm. yeah. You go, go back to where my family are from up north, to the whare up there, and there's no carvings on the inside. And next door to it is a church, you know, Catholic. And so mm-hmm. most of them are hard yeah. out Catholic. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But how were you brought up? You were brought up as a Catholic or mm. nothing? Mm. Yeah, nothing, I guess. Mm. Yeah, my mum was non-religious. Um, in fact, she kind of she disliked religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, she was a realist, you know, mm-hmm. and she kind of allowed me. She didn't preach or anything onto me. She just kind of like allowed me to, you know, come up with my own mm-hmm. things, which I kind of did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So yeah, no religion in my upbringing whatsoever. Yeah, but from what you're saying. It's an interesting mix that I'm gathering. So you have 
some priests that are coming in, then you have Mari who are basically talking about gods, but describing their surrounding, and you have your mom who's a realist, then again you just look out and you see the weather, you see the ocean, so yeah. very close to this Mari perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But would you say that, because so, the priest has to gather knowledge from somewhere, mm. so like he's a disciple of God's messages mm. or whatever, yeah. as I see it, yeah. but then you have this... Uh, Maori who believe in nature, like gods in nature's thing. So would you say more that, um, I don't know how it's called, more like pantheism. So basically the the earth and everything around us, the sky and everything has a soul and they just call it a god or is mm. yeah. actual god reincarnated as a entity on the earth? Yeah, no, they didn't personify. That's, that's mm -hmm. the main difference. Eh? Mm. It's like Māori actually didn't have like a personified version of the god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Tangaroa, the god. Everything. That's it. See all that blue out there <laughs> and everything mm. underneath it? That's it. The sky, that is the god. Yeah. The earth, that is the god. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there wasn't like, you know, even like when it came to like, sometimes they used carvings and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of that came post-colonial as well. Right. Like, kind of just like, what are your god? Can you show us? Mm. So they started making these carvings. Mm. Does it have eyes? Does it have mouth? Yeah. 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 But it's just interesting you said that like Mother Earth has a baby inside the earthquake mm. god. And I imagine it like a baby, you know. Yeah, <laughs> how, yeah. how do they imagine how do Maori imagine Yeah, well that's it? how they imagine it, you know, like, like a baby. I guess that is personifying it then, isn't it really? <laughs> um yeah. But not like a actual giant baby living under the ground, you know. It's <laughs> a different thing. It's like a so Maori language is very poetic and metaphorical. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. like you know pre-colonial speaking, everything's metaphorical. Everything's mm -hmm. poetic. You know when they're talking about someone, they're talking about how they are like trees or like you know context of the things within nature, and beauty of flowers and plants mm. and, and stuff like that. So mm. um, yeah, mm. interesting. <laughs> to to continue a bit maybe down Maori lane. What would you say are the kind of shared values in the community of Maori people? So, yeah. I don't know, we, we had some little encounters with, with them and they were preaching to us, like from the second we met them, it's like Aroha Manaki. Mm -hmm. Yes, this, yeah. this is this is what we stand for, this is our... Those are the founding keystones, yeah. you know, Aroha so, Manaki Tonga, Kotahi Tonga and um, Tenoranga Tera Tonga, these different... Thing. Mm -hmm. So aroha is love, manakitanga is like mana ki tanga, so it's mana, power that you give to other people. So mm -hmm. it's about mm -hmm. your hospitality mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's all oh, about. I thought it's manaki is more like taking care of others. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot. Yeah. And more. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Like hosp hospitality is like the, the general, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, like mana, like, you know, power or mm -hmm. whatever mana, ki. As a direction, so towards mm -hmm. and tangata, like people, so mana, mm. manaki tanga. It's like, mm. yeah, the, the what you give to other people, yeah, nice, yeah, and, and koha, you know, as well, as another concept. So, koha is that reciprocity, yeah. so you know, if um, you know, if someone gives you something, then you give them more in return, and then they give you more in return, and mm. this is how everyone. Mm you know, um, builds up wealth as opposed to, you know, taking and taking mm -hmm. and taking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, would you say koha is donation? 
No. That's that's like the. It's like a poor translation. That's like an English translation as a yeah. donation, but no, it's like um, it's about. So if you had people come to visit you. Now, if they were a chief, like the chief, the rangatira, <coughs> and rangatira had the right to basically take what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is how they got shot when the English first sent out, because yeah? the English didn't know. So, like, say if I came here and like, oh, I really like your hat. And then you would be like, yeah, this hat is now for you. And then now that I've taken your hat, I would have to have give you something in return. So it's this way of exchanging. So it's like way mm. of like connecting people through the exchange of gifts or the exchange of um, it might be land or it might be people or whatever it was. Um, and then the reciprocity, you know, you kind of have to give more back in return. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a way of not just keeping balance, but actually increasing mm-hmm. um, the, the wealth of other people. Yeah. Yeah, so it's about giving to other people. So it's really based on this taking care and helping other people and mm. treating them nicely. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And aloha, like aloha, is, is love, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and rongo, rongo. Um, rongo is the god of peace. Rongo is medicine. So it's mm-hmm. medicine together. And also it's also the art of gardens as well. And growing in Kumara, so mm. medicine, growing, gardens, peace all together. Nice. Yeah. That's already my favorite god. <laughs> it's your favorite, yeah, yeah, yeah. The garden god, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, I really like how at least one part of Koha is um, brought into this English or mainstream, whatever, because it's at least, okay, we step away from money. It's not all about paying, but we pay with service, we pay with mm. energy, we yeah, pay sure. with presence or mm. whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever so, you can. Yeah. Or yeah. pay, I mean, give back just to honor someone did something. Okay, I want to do something. Maybe I don't have money, so would you accept my gift of, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Giving you help or yeah. just something. Or like this, like I'm giving you a story and you provide tea and water. So it's yeah. like, yay, yeah. tea and some snacks. <laughs> And that's your yeah. koha, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know also that a big part of a community is the marae. It's just a place where people gather. So maybe to tie in with your story, could you explain us what's the big arch in front of, or arch, the structure <laughs> that surrounds the marae? Like yeah. the the carvings that go on? Like what yeah. are they? Yeah. They're probably carrying the vibe of the tribe. Just like this. So. Yeah. So, I thought in which fari means house, nui means big, or it could be a fari for kaido. So for kaido is carving, so it could be a carved house. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the main meeting house. They're a bit like, a bit like a temple, in mm-hmm. a sense. So a fari nui, a fari for kaido, will have like could have the whole front of the building could be all carved, and with weavings and paint. And inside as well, like all around, all over the walls, the window frames, the door frames, inside all the walls, all carved up, the roof all painted up, weavings all throughout. And so the whole house represents an ancestor. And so when you look at the front of the house and you look up the top, you'll see like a carving, which is um, going to be like of a head. And so then from the head, then you have the arms come down. 
Mm. Then you have the fingers sticking out. Mm. Then you right. have the legs sitting down. So the whole house is literally an ancestor. Mm. Mm. So head, arms, legs, and then so the back of the house, like the the, the ridge of the house, is the the spine. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then inside you've got these paintings that come down called heke, and so they come down, and then they come down to carvings. And they're all ancestors related, related to this person. So the whole house is like a genealogical map. Mm. And so within the Amazing. carvings, you have different patterns that will have different stories. All the different ancestors will have different stories. There'll be different meanings and stories to all the patterns in the paintings and in the weavings. So it's just like a big, huge, like a encyclopedia of mm. the history of mm. those people mm. and within the carvings and stuff. <laughs> so yeah to people who can read it like people like me that can look mm. at it and read it um you know and then um in a porphyry which is like a welcoming so when you welcome another tribe into your house there's like a big ceremony where they come together and then they talk about whatever it is you know the leaders will talk about whatever it is and they'll talk about the house and they'll talk to the house and like uh, so if you're a guest and then you find people that you're related to on the wall and then you can connect mm. and so there's a way of um, whakawhanaungatanga which is uh, connecting through family ties so it's another concept as well in Māori culture whakawhanaungatanga so you'll notice when you two Māori people come together they'll start talking about whose cousin is whose cousin so they figure out where they sit with them, you know. Yeah. Are they related? Are they not, you know? And even to present themselves, it's always, I come from this, um, I come from this geological place, I come mm. from this genealogical place, so yeah. the history of my tribe, and you never speak about what you did or who you are, as I understood it, right? Mm. It's always, these are my family, these are my places, this yeah. is my island, this is my whatever. Mm. This mm. is the stream that I live by. Yeah, it's like this a passport. It's called a pepeha. <laughs> yeah. Like a passport. Yeah, it's like a passport, you know? So your pepeha is like, like mine would be like, um, ko te rarawa na te tainui na iwi, ko na toki matafaura, māmari ko tinana na waka, uh, ko kiha te hapu, ko moitangi te awa, ko tarakiha te maunga, ko um, hioni te uripa, ko uh, te whanau o nākuru pinihare. So what that all means is like um, um, the, the name of the waka that what my ancestors here was Māmari, Tinana and Nā Tokimata um, uh, or, yeah, ko matahitahi te marae so the, the name of the marae is matahitahi um, the, the hapu is hokokiha um, the river is moitangi the mountain is um, tarakiha so you're literally naming um, the house that you're from the iwi, the mm. waka, mm-hmm. the mountain the river and the ocean mm-hmm. and then that establishes who you are and where you're from Amazing. and then when other people know then they can connect to mm-hmm. your papa. Mm. yeah or they know that oh fuck 
Our ancestors had a fight and it's still not over. <laughs> you know, it could be like that. <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, I ate your cousin and shit. You know, it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ate your cousin. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a few of those stories. <laughs> Heard about them, yeah. Yeah. But when you said you can, for example, if you enter the Marai, you can read the symbols on the walls. Mm. I was just wondering, can you also read a tattoo some people? Yeah. If you see a tattoo, yeah, then you know everything about them. <laughs> I can tell a lot about more than most people, I guess. Just me personally, but yeah. Could you give us like just a quick example of how you would read the Marai? Like you stand in front of a house mm. and you just see what? Or no, you go inside and you check the carvings. Yeah, yeah or just the the front carvings even, or just... It's, it's a combination of, um, you know, seeing it, knowing what the symbols mean. Yeah, exactly. Maybe recognizing who the ancestors are mm. and in the corridor like in like when they come together for the porphyry and they have a corridor five corridor it's called like formal to speak mm-hmm. and they acknowledge all the house then you learn a lot from that too mm-hmm. yeah and the more that you're in those things the more you'll hear the stories from the house you know mm. yeah so you can basically go through their history more or less yeah, they tell it all. Yeah, they tell <laughs> it if you can it's understand. Yeah, exactly. Just sit there and listen to it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just you have to be really fluent in the, in, in the language. Yeah, but it all comes out in, in that five corridor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So maybe to finish this more story, which aspect of their culture or maybe religion do you connect with the most? Uh definitely the the art. The art. Yeah. Yeah being uh, kaifakaido, which is kind of like what my job description is. For someone who eats fakaido, kai to eat fakaido. Fakaido is actually means uh, an eel is a little bug. Um, fakaido. So it's like this little bug that eats the worm or eats the wood on the tree. Yeah. Oh, it's great. The cover. Yeah, it's the cover. So we're named after little grubs, basically. So I'm a little grub that eats wood. Yeah. <laughs> that's my job description. When people ask, what do you do? Kafakaido. I eat wood. Yeah. <laughs> but Fakaido encompasses um, the so the whole thing. So the carvings, the stories, the, the weavings, the yeah, paintings, yeah. and Moko as well. Mm-hmm. It all comes together. Yeah. Mm. And so usually, like, Kai Fukuoka or talking of master carvers will do all those things. They, they need to have all those mm-hmm. aspects to mm-hmm. to do the work. Like, you mm-hmm. can't do moko if you don't know anything about whakapapa. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't carve if you don't know anything about whakapapa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or it's just like a, it's just a piece of wood if it doesn't have a story, eh? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I noticed that Mako is very similar to Mako. Hmm. To your name, so is it? Moko, Moko, yeah. Moko, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Moko is very similar to. Yeah, Mako. yeah. Sometimes people call me um, Moko Banama, no, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Mako so, is a shark. Is a shark? Yeah, yeah. And you give yourself this name, or why do people call you Mako? Yeah, well, um, yeah, funny. So when I was younger, I started using it as a as a an alias. I was doing like a photographing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, photo sets, big festivals and parties and stuff so I came up with an alias to use while I was out working mm-hmm. and for my photos and sets and stuff oh, and so good. I was really young when I did that and I didn't really have even any connection to the Māori meaning of it then and it didn't have more meaning until until later on to now 
Mm. So it's like my past self had no idea, but he kind of tapped into cool. something from my future. Incredible. Because <laughs> I thought it might be that after your studying, you gave yourself this name. Yeah, no, no, it was before. Nice. Yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff like when I was younger, like I look back through my drawings and a lot of all the patterns that I've learned mm. are all there already. And I think that's why maybe he kind of, you know, looked at me and said that I was supposed to be doing it because, it, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. uh, um, you know, cellular memory, mm. you know, historical genetic memory or whatever. It and it comes out, yeah. you can't yeah. escape mm-hmm. it. Just, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, ancestors have been doing the same thing for a thousand years, it's more than likely you're going to mm-hmm. do that thing as well, you know, or be really good at it. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of passed down eh? so mm. amazing well, maybe for the last thing of this uh, Maori, I mean I, I know we can go for hours <laughs> but um, would you share with us uh, maybe a story or two more I know you were mentioning the story of uh, Maui this one especially is, I think rings the most bells in everyone's mind but I don't know you we, you went through a bit through a creation but always it's a pleasure to listen to this uh, story so maybe I don't know the one that you most resonate with or Maui uh, stories yeah or just one Maui one something yeah. whatever comes up just um, I don't know to go into a storytelling mode of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like to listen to it so why not give the, the um, let's see Maui well the first story is like how he found his mother well so. I know that story yeah yeah you know it, huh? Yeah, come on, tell it. <laughs> Have you seen the kids' books? Because like, there's like a whole bunch of kids' books. Really. No, no. We were on the Haka workshop with Matthew. Matthew. Oh, you with Matthew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. we signed up for his... Um, yeah. yeah, something. I don't know who he has. It's like an online program. Some oh. material on motoculture. Yeah, yeah, motoculture. Yeah, his Haka, Haka workshop is amazing. Oh. It's out oh. of this place. Oh. So oh. Yeah, like so good. Like, yeah. yeah, incredible. Yeah, so I heard I it like. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard mm. it there. Yeah, Machu has a lot of mana. Oh, um, he's so amazing! Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Maui, how he found his mother. So, Maui was, um, his mother was Tiki Tiki Ataranga. Um, oh no, that's his name. His name is Maui Tiki Tiki Ataranga. So, Maui. Tiki Tiki, which is the, um, the top knot of Taranga, who's mm-hmm. his mother. So when he was born, he was born stillborn, like Prem, and basically dead. So she thought he was dead. So she cut off her hair and she wrapped his body up in his hair and she gives him to Tangaroa and throws him to the sea. And the sea, Tangaroa and um, Hinimawana, his daughter, and Tafari, they look after him. And they guide this this baby and his hair through the ocean, and he washes up on this beach. And um, uh, yeah, all these uh, seagulls and jellyfish and things they try to to get the baby. And then this uh, old fellow turns out to be his uncle, sees him, and shoes away and, and finds this baby, and doesn't know who he is or where he's come from, but has a connection with him, and then raises him as his own. Teaches them um, five quarter or teaches them uh, taiha, teaches them to be a tohunga. And back then, the tohunga had like uh, abilities like to shapeshift. Mm. 
Mm. So, um, you know, to change. So Maui became really adept at shape-shifting. It was one of his main skills. So he could shape-shift to like any bird in the, in the forest or any fish in the ocean kind of thing. And, um, yeah, uh, one day Maui is like looking around the village and realises that he doesn't have a mother. He just has this man that's, that's raised him. He's like, well, where's my mother? And he, the old man's like, oh, I'm not sure, but I think it's Taranga, and she lives far, far away from here. And so Maui, searching for his mother, goes on this long journey, and after many months, he, he finds this village, and he spots um, this woman in the middle of the village, and she, and she's, um, she has, um, like, these four sons, and they're um, in the whare and Maui sneaks down and as she's welcoming her sons back into the whare he sneaks in behind and gets in the line behind his four brothers and she like hongies him one at a time and then gets to him and she's like oh who are you he's like oh I'm Maui I, I think I am your son and tells the story of how he you know because he'd been past the story of how he ended up on the beach in a handcuff here, and she realises that it's him. So that's how he meets his, his mum. Um, yeah, and finds her. But yeah, so he gets trained by this tohunga, his uncle, and then finds his mum again. And then, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, there's lots of stories. Like Maui is responsible for many things. He's responsible for, um, like, slowing down the sun. So uh, he lived in a time where the sun would just zoom across the sky each day. And you know, people didn't have enough time to get out and do anything, do any planting. No, 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 it was dark again. So Maui's like, oh, I've had enough of this. Right, we're going to get that sun, we're going to slow him down. So he gets all his brothers and he goes on this journey to find where the sun comes out of this big hole in the ground. And so Maui has been, um, and they make these big nets and and stuff and they like when the sun comes out of the hole and they capture him and Maui's got this um uh, this hook that's another story how he gets the hook but the hook is made from the jawbone of his of his grandmother and so he uses this to beat the sun <laughs> and basically you know beats the sun into submission to slow it down so now it just like travels slowly through the sky so people have enough time in the day to to garden and to go fishing and stuff like that well i didn't hear that part yeah 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 when um when machu tells his story he doesn't like the beating part so he's like um so i've changed it a bit and so he has a conversation with the sun and then you know they get on and you know they end up teaching and how to praise the sun and then the sun slows down because of the praise <laughs> I like much his story but better the old stories about them yeah yeah no true I know I remember that he starts with telling us that his stories are not gonna be that. super original but a little bit adopted <laughs> yeah 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 change them up a bit you know yeah to come yeah. it makes sense though to be more like thankful and respectful to the sun rather than just beating it into submission. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Do you maybe have a um, recommendation where anyone could read more or just um, educate them and ourselves in any Māori culture, language, uh, stories? Uh, mm. Maybe Matthew would be the best uh, 
place to yeah. start just to hear his stories yeah just to take any opportunity you get to to go to a marae especially if you mm. get the chance to be in a pōwhiri and go to a marae especially here on the island mm-hmm. like um yeah paratahi marae is beautifully carved and yeah yeah really amazing spot beautiful mara garden mm-hmm. um yeah um yeah the kids books too the maui the the stories a good place to learn maui stories just from the kids books mm. that's how everyone needs <laughs> do you have any place online where people across the world could do it no mm. no not off the top of my head yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'll probably have to google it yeah exactly although i'm pretty sure that you know that whole new metaverse thing of facebook you know the vr metaverse yeah, yeah. so there is like a moldy initiative that's been set up with that as well so uh-huh. i think you can go do some metaverse vr learning with the artur if you really wanted to um, i'm not sure of the details for that yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, cool yeah nice Wow. I mean, they're adaptive straight away. <laughs> oh, virtual reality. I know, I mean, I, just, I don't know, I know it existed already yeah. there. Watch right. the metaverse far. <laughs> metaverse. That's the end of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's the yeah. Whatever. Thank you so much for all these beautiful stories. That was an incredible journey. <laughs> yeah, just for the end, we usually play a tiny game if you're up for it. Okay. It's a, very, it's a short one. So we bring in the lawnmower. <laughs> no, basically we just ask questions like usual. Or maybe we don't. I got a message from the landlord. It's like, I need to come around, check your lawns. You know, I think you need to cut them, etc, etc. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck. So I start, cut the top of the lawns and get down to the back of my like, oh, I can't. I just don't want to do it. And, just, mm. and he came around and he's like, oh, I said, you don't really like to cut your lawns, eh? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I've kind of heard that, you know, that maybe, like, not cutting your lawns is better for them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's... That's, <laughs> that's it. That's you it. got it, man. Yeah, he got it. And he's like, okay, you're, you're sweet. You don't need to cut your lawns anymore. So I just, I just let them go, wow. Because I am, I'm into, like, you know, wild, biodiverse lawns yeah. and not, like... Yes. Yeah. Hey, cool. A little game. Yeah, no, we just ask questions as usual, but your role is to answer them super short. So one word or one sentence, just like the first thing that pops on your mind. Or you can take your time and think about it, but <laughs> short. Yeah, not story time, but yeah, just short. straight yeah. to the point. Yeah. Alright, the first question, a big one. So, if you could change one thing in this world, uh, add something, take something away, or just transform something, Whatever it is, what would it be? Overnight, like this. <laughs> you have so many, okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> if there's one thing that you would keep about this world... <laughs> <laughs> one thing to keep, oh man. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> one thing to change or one thing to keep. Um, greed. Mm. If I could eliminate greed from the world. it's yeah. a nice one. Mm. Okay, if you could meet yourself, let's say maybe seven years ago, what advice would you give to yourself? Eat for the hills. <laughs> um, <laughs> one step at a time. Mm. Mm. Nice. Well, we touched a bit on this. 
if you look at how we or the society is raising children what's one thing that you most disagree with and you would do differently and maybe even how like right now yeah I mean for your kids you they are inside of a certain education system so uh, they need to get rid of the mandates mm. right now mm. yeah what do you believe is the most important skill that one can have in life how to understand and deal with your emotions mm. yeah mm. if you can do that then you can do almost anything yeah cool. what do you think makes us human <laughs> what makes us human we share this world together <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably like awareness a soul that we have makes us Mm, for the last question, which is your spirit animal? My spirit animal? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably have to go with a muckle because it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't really got a spirit animal. <laughs> I haven't done that workshop. <laughs> I know you're not yet. <laughs> mm. cool. cool. So... This is the end, but um, if you have anything that you would still like to put out, I, I know we didn't begin with one, but uh, maybe we can finish with Kerkia or... Mm. I don't know how you're feeling, if there's something to be said. Yeah, well, um, just uh, thanks you guys. Namahi kia kōrua. Tihe mauri ori tāo, tihe mauri te whaeo, tihe mauri te ao mārama. He toi rangi, he toi matua, he toi tangata ki a haue ti he maori ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Thank you so much. Sweet. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Wow. I think I could do this for hours. Just yeah, we, we I, I feel like we just better touch the Maori culture. Oh my god, I have so many questions. <laughs> so much. So much. Wow. An incredible story of your life. I didn't even imagine anything yeah, like wow. this. So random. So I mean, not random, but so different. Than yeah, yeah, than I yeah. Have imagined. I was really surprised and just inspired by um, your follow following of your intuition. Mm-hmm. Just like, look, this comes. I feel it. Fuck our life. I have to go here. Like yeah. no other choice. Yeah. It's so easy to just say, oh no, no, I was feeling so beautiful, but I was on another path, you know. I was being a vagabond or I had my other thing. No. Scratch everything. Follow this. Uh, mm. Cheers to you. Yeah. Uh, Incredible. Yeah, not even knowing what it was. I just yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, well, such money. Yeah. Yeah, I was inspired. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sean.